Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. You know, we've been talking about this sponsor for a few months. And listen, I want you to take action on them. Ministry Grid is a tool that you could use to train your volunteers in this season. This was a super amazing tool before March 2020. It's even better in this season. Do you ever feel like you do not know where to start with volunteer training? Or if you do, it's hard to get everyone together in the same place at the same time? We've been saying that, and now it's even more difficult. Well, with Ministry Grid, they make it simple to train every volunteer and leader in your church. You need to be doing this now in this reopening phase. With a library of over 3,500 videos and 850 courses, you will be able to train every ministry area and every leadership level. Now, even better than that, you can add your own resources to that. Think about everything you need to be doing right now to be training uh, people as we reopen. You can add your own videos, your own PDFs, YouTube videos, and more. To learn more about Ministry Grid, I want you to go to ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. Again, that's ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. You can get unlimited access to it for your church. Unlimited access for just $597. Again, go to ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. Once again, that's ministrygrid.com forward slash unseminary. All right, let's get on with today's episode. Kids Ministry has always cultivated some of the most innovative church leaders. Kids Ministry is a growth engine behind the fastest growing churches today. To reopen your church without a Kids Ministry, I would contest, is not actually reopening the church. A couple weeks ago, I had a blog post on on Seminary called Five Fears About Reopening that church staff aren't sharing with their leaders. And this whole conversation about Kids Ministry spurred a, a ton of feedback. Well, today on the podcast, I've gathered four kids ministry experts from across the country to give us a peek into their reopening plans. Let's go. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, thanks for tuning in today, friends. I think you're going to be encouraged, challenged, informed, inspired, equipped by today's podcast. I am just so honored that these leaders have joined us. This is what we've done. I've I've connected with some churches across the country that are at varying stages of reopen to really help us understand what they're thinking about and what they're processing when it comes to particularly kids ministry. Now, you might be listening in and saying, I'm not a kids ministry person. That's okay. Uh, this We're talking about that specific issue, but it's going to be highly applicable to whatever ministry area you apply or to your entire ministry uh, as a whole. First, we're starting with Heather Salaya. She's from a church uh, in North, called North Rock in San Antonio. Uh, they're already holding services uh, in person. So for a lot of us, they're like living in the future. They have uh, on, they have both online and in-person kids ministry. You're going to want to hear uh, particularly some of the practical help that Heather offers uh, around opening in-person services. Let's tune in and listen to what she has to say. My name is Heather Salaya, and I'm the executive pastor of Family Ministries at North Rock Church in San Antonio, Texas. Our church is 11 years old and has two physical locations and a newly added online campus. Our broadcast location is already holding in-person gatherings, including kids ministry and student ministry. Our second location meets in a public middle school and is slated to open mid-July. The COVID season has pushed our kids' ministry to new limits and allowed us to bring a new level of creativity and parent engagement to our programming. 
We quickly made the decision to make our preschool and elementary worship services available online and increased our level of engagement on our social media pages. While the addition of online kids ministry has increased our workload during the week with recording and video editing, it's not something we are planning on giving up on. Even with the reopening of our physical campuses, our online kids ministry will continue to be available. By posting our lessons online, it's given parents a glimpse into what we do on the weekends. It's allowed them to see Kids Rock as a true ministry for their children, as opposed to a childcare option. Our kids ministry has always been a way for us to partner with parents as they raise godly children, but COVID has allowed parents to become an even more active leader in their child's faith journey. Instead of hearing a recap of what they learned about during church, They now have become the small group leader that's asking questions about the lesson, and for some, even getting to lead their child to Christ. After much prayer and planning, our church decided to relaunch our children's ministry along with our adult services. Our children's ministry makes up about 25% of our regular weekend attendance. We also know that kids' ministry in general helps drive church growth. Those were huge determining factors in our decision to reopen our kids' department. We also want to offer a distraction-free environment in our services. But beyond that, we want our families to know the value we place on connecting their kids to Jesus. We chose to do a soft reopening of our adult services that allowed children to go into the main auditorium with their parents. But the following weekend, we were fully opened with our kids' ministry. We are having every child participate in a health check by having their temperature taken and asking parents if they've experienced any COVID symptoms over the last seven days. We've also limited the amount of traffic in our hallways by asking one parent only to drop off and pick up. Our check-in process is now a touchless experience that allows parents to check in their kids using a QR code. Currently, we are requiring parents to RSVP and class sizes are reduced to allow extra space per child. In addition, we're requiring our volunteers to wear a face covering while they serve. And of course, we've implemented new hygiene and cleaning protocols by using a medical grade cleaning solution in all of our spaces. Overall, parents have been extremely patient and grateful for the added measures of safety. As we anticipated, overall attendance is not what it was prior to COVID. We still have many families and volunteers who are not quite ready to return to physical church. Our kids' attendance was only 33% of what it was at the same time last year, and we understand it may take families a little while to regain their confidence in gathering in our physical spaces. As church leaders, we have the privilege to figure out new and creative ways to keep our kids and families engaged, whether that be in the building or online. Reopening our kids' ministry hasn't come without challenges, but the blessings far outweigh them. There was nothing better than seeing some of our regulars come barreling down our hallways with giant smiles knowing that Kids Rock was finally open. Parent after parent told us how grateful they were and how excited their kids were to be back. Our kids' volunteers, who we call our rock stars, truly were that as they rallied together and served wherever needed to meet the needs of our guests. 
The joy they experienced getting to live out their purpose made all the new policy changes and updates worth it. It was a different experience, to say the least. Hallways weren't crowded, families weren't gathered in our lobby having conversations, and classroom sizes were much smaller. But it was a step in the right direction. Our kids got to feel a sense of normalcy. They were reunited with their friends, worshiping Jesus and having fun. If you're considering reopening your kids' ministry, start by assessing your volunteers' readiness to come back. And don't feel defeated when a large group of them say they aren't ready. Your class ratios will be smaller to start with, which means less volunteers will be needed as well. Then start making a game plan for cleaning and safety, new signage you might need, and health and safety training for your volunteers. What we do in the coming weeks and months regarding our kids' ministries will speak volumes to our families about the importance we place on their children's spiritual growth. My prayer is that we will step out in confidence, making wise decisions and giving our kids the opportunity to experience Jesus in an environment created specifically for them. Thanks so much, Heather. I appreciate the encouragement, the instruction, some really practical help there for sure. Uh, Coming up next, we've got a friend of mine, Christine Kreischer. She is from a church, GT Church in Pennsylvania. Uh, Christine's an incredible leader. Her book, I think, is uh, one of the ones that just everyone should pick up and read. It's called Stop Recruiting, Start Retaining. Uh, It's all on volunteers. But uh, you'll hear about what GT Church is doing, their specific thinking around um, you know, this whole area of kids ministry. I love particularly listening for the conversations about being value driven. What are the values of your church? And then how is that, um, kind of trickling down into their decision-making process? Also, uh, listen very carefully for, uh, Christine's heart and then the action she's taking on, uh, caring for her team, both staff and volunteers in this season. I think you'll find this particularly helpful. Hey, Rich, thanks so much for the invitation to share some of the things that I, as the executive director of ministries, have been wrestling with regarding our church's reentry plan. First of all, your recent blog post, Five Fears About Reopening That Church Staff Aren't Telling Their Leaders, was so good. I highly recommend your listeners to go back and read it or listen to it. I asked my family ministry staff to read it prior to coming to our team meeting last week, and it was super helpful in guiding our conversation about reentry and in getting a pulse on how my staff are really doing and how they're really feeling. Let me give you some context for your listeners. I'm a pastor who oversees our family and adult ministries at a 90-year-old multi-site church in Reading, Pennsylvania, which is in a suburb about an hour and a half north of Philadelphia. Our average weekend attendance prior to closing our church building prior to the pandemic was about 2,500, and we're the largest church gathering in our county. Most of the churches in our area have already opened or they are opening this weekend. We, however, are holding steady as we closely observe the number of cases both in our area and in states that reopened well before the late blooming state of Pennsylvania. So these are some of the things that we as a leadership team are wrestling with. Um, these decisions about reentry are heavy and they are hard. I know we're all feeling it, whether you've already opened the doors of your church or if you're trying to nail down a definitive reentry plan. But here's the thing. 
We closed our church building out of a posture of care and concern for our church family and for our community, and in an effort to steward the public health and safety of our community. That's a priority for all of us, I know. And that priority has not changed, um, but nor has the virus. So the thought of gathering in large numbers, even if we gather at a limited capacity, especially while we're singing, doesn't feel great, especially when we're beginning to see an increase in cases in states that have been open well before Pennsylvania. Shortly after we closed our church building, we decided that there are certain things that we value as a church, things that make our church unique, that give us our unique DNA. And these are the things that we wouldn't want to reopen without. One of those unique experiences at our church is our kids and student ministries. And we realize that whatever we do that lacks those environments will not represent the full expression of who we are. So we said that we didn't feel good about reopening until we felt that our in-person services would be better than our online services. And that includes kids and student ministries. And Rich, you said it yourself. To reopen a church without kids ministry, I would contest, is not actually reopening the church. And I couldn't agree more. However, as I listen to our Kidmin team, I've learned that we feel, that they feel that a soft launch approach would be best. So that's what we're gonna do. They requested that we give families and volunteers the opportunity to come back and get acclimated for a few weeks before we open our kids' ministry environments. And I think that's a great idea. Our teams have worked really hard over the past several months to make it possible for parents to have church at home by providing resources. And these resources, thankfully, uh, were given to us by Orange. So Bible stories on video, worship videos, activities for families to do at home, devotionals, parent guides, as well as resources for parents, how to talk to your kids about anxiety and the pandemic and even racism. Um, our team has been making personal phone calls every couple of weeks to every family to check in, to pray with them, and to make sure that they know how to access all of our resources and to just say, hey, we're here for you. We're cheering you on. It's been an incredible reminder that we need to put people and relationships first, people over programs. We need to be more intentional about making ministry personal. And we're gonna continue to do that. Many of our families are engaged. Many parents have said that they've experienced a mindset shift, that they've heard us say that they are the number one influence in their child's spiritual life. And for many years, they had a drop-off mentality, but no more, they get it. They said that they've begun to create intentional rhythms in their homes to help their kids develop an authentic faith. So that's a huge win and we wanna keep the momentum going. So our team is committed to continue to strive to partner with parents in even greater and more intentional ways by making our resources easily accessible online from here on out. Our GT Kids at Home website is gonna continue and our engagement through social media is gonna continue. We're embracing the fact, fact that online ministry is here to stay, and we will continue to innovate ways to engage and disciple families online and through all of our social channels. Instead of fighting against the reality that families are busier than ever and that they are attending less, we're gonna do everything we can to meet them where they are. And one of the greatest lessons that our Kidman team learned is that sometimes, well, most times, less is more. In our attempt to partner with parents over the past several months, it got to be a bit much. It was a little overwhelming. Parents were working from home, they were homeschooling, and they and their kids were on Zoom calls all day long and into the evening, and we were just one more. So we had to back off a little, and we began to ask them what they needed. 
We did several polls and surveys to assess the felt needs of our parents. And instead of simply telling them what we wanted them to know, we're listening more, more than ever. And that's going to continue. One of the biggest things that I have been thinking about as we make plans to reopen our building for in-person services is that we can easily get caught up in the logistics of the facility, our cleaning procedures and our protocols, and we can forget about the people, our staff and our volunteers. So I think as leaders, we need to take a step back and check on our staff's emotional health, on our volunteers' emotional health. And I think that what we will find, as you wrote about in your blog post, Rich, is that many of them are not okay. And I think if we're being honest, many of us aren't okay either. But as you mentioned in your post, it's hard for our staff to talk about their fears. So I think it's important that we go first. Last week when I met with my family ministry team, before we talked about logistics and timelines for reentry, we got real and I went first. I said, here's how I'm feeling. I'm a problem solver and I'm a strategic thinker and with so many variables and uncertainties, I'm struggling because I don't have clarity. I also shared about my own personal health concerns and how that has impacted my emotional health. And I often find that my willingness to be vulnerable opens the door to authentic and helpful conversations. Over the past several months, all of us have experienced trauma after trauma after trauma. And it's so easy to simply forge ahead and not consider, consider the toll that trauma takes on our souls. And my concern is that if we move too fast, we set our staff and our volunteers up to fail because we've not resourced them and equipped them to care for their own souls, not to mention the wounded souls of the people who will enter the doors of our church when we open. So it made me think, do we have a solid mental health plan in place where we cover so many sessions with a counselor for our staff and for our volunteers should they need it? And when I listened to the concerns of my staff, one of the biggest concerns was not feeling equipped to handle, was that they didn't feel equipped to handle people, parents who have varying opinions and expectations, or kids with separation anxiety because they've only been with their families for the past several months. So it made me think, what kind of training can we provide to prepare our staff and volunteers? Because when people experience trauma, we all know this, they tend to unintentionally overreact and become over-emotional. Hurting people hurt people. So can we bring a mental health professional in to train our staff and volunteers on de-escalation techniques? Can we train them on what to do or say when a child or an adult is suffering from a panic or an anxiety attack? Can we help them help others navigate and process trauma? See, that's prioritizing people over programming. And when we do that, God will bless it. And don't get me wrong, programming is important and there are so many things to think about. Like, is it even possible to social distance kids? Do we even want to? I mean, we anticipate 25 to 40% of people will return when we open. But even those numbers, I mean, will we have enough volunteers? Because kids ministry is a little different than other ministries, right? We have ratios to consider and to follow in order to keep kids safe. And surveys are great, but are they accurate enough to help us prepare for ministry? Some of the things that we've asked our volunteers is, to rate themselves from one to three, one being excited to come back, two being unsure, kind of on the fence, three, not feeling good about returning anytime soon. And then we've asked them, what would make you feel better about coming back and about serving so that we can address some of their concerns? We're rethinking our Sunday morning programming. 
combining age groups, scaling back on programming and room usage. We're thinking through our room usage and determining how to properly clean and sanitize toys between services, especially in preschool. We're trying to make wise decisions regarding our inclusion, our special needs ministry. We're asking ourselves if we're going to be able to provide ministries to our families who need it most. Will we have enough volunteers to do it? Will we have to turn families away? And the thought of that breaks my heart. Listen, there are so many decisions to make and so many variables to consider. So I highly encourage you to give your kids ministry leader a voice by giving them a seat at the decision-making table regarding re-entry. As the executive ministries pastor, I recognize that I am one step removed from the day to day. And I acknowledge that I can't adequately represent the concerns of one of the most significant ministries of our church. It's unfair and it would be a disservice to our church. Rich, as you said in your blog post, kids ministry has always cultivated some of the most innovative leaders in the church. Kids ministry is a growth engine and is one of the major reasons why growing churches are growing. So why would we shortchange ourselves? And the last thing I would say, and it's, a, it's really a challenge, is that as you continue to move forward, I encourage you to make the emotional and spiritual health of your staff and volunteers a priority. Ask them how they are doing. Really. How are you really doing? Ask them how their soul is doing. And ask them how you can help. How can you pray for them? And then really pray for them. And check in on them often so that they feel seen and they feel cared for. Listen, there has never been a more crucial time to be a servant leader than right now. Please, let's not forget that our number one job is to shepherd our staff. Because if they're not healthy, their ministries won't be healthy. Their volunteers won't be healthy. Their kids that they're ministering to won't be healthy. Their parents won't receive what they need to discover and live out an authentic everyday faith. So let's do whatever it takes to make that a priority. Thanks so much, Christine. Really appreciate you and your ministry. Coming up next, we've got Anna Smalley. Uh, She is from a church that I absolutely love, right in the middle of the country, Stonebridge Church in Omaha, Nebraska. I love Omaha. What a fantastic city. Um, the couple things I want to point out for you as you listen to what Anna has to say, first of all, um, you know, I love uh, in near the beginning of this, she talks about what they've been doing to listen carefully to families. I think this is super important for all of us in this season, but not just listening, then adjusting what they're doing to actually meet the needs and the impact from that. So listen carefully to that. And then also she has this just great uh, kind of ideas around planning and what we should be thinking about, um, you know, and particularly in the kids area, how we should be planning uh, in, in this season. So again, Anna's fantastic. Uh, let's listen to what she has to say. Hi, my name is Anna Smalley, and I am the next gen pastor at Stonebridge Christian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. I've been serving at Stonebridge for almost 12 years now and have the privilege of leading the teams that oversee our kids and student ministries. We serve kids birth through 12th grade. And like many of you, I assume, we have made a lot of shifts and changes during this season of COVID-19. And while it has been daunting and also a little challenging, My team and I have relished the fact that 
we've been able to flex our creative muscle in a way that we're not often challenged to do. And it has led us to some fun, new, and exciting things in our ministry and in our communication with our families. We're learning a lot during this season, too. We kind of have a motto of let's throw it to the wall and see what sticks. And I'm thrilled that I work at a church where our leadership team is willing to let us give things a try. And so we've gotten to try a lot of things during this time. And we've learned a lot of lessons. And I think one of the key lessons that we've learned has had to do with social media and our communication with parents. We have thought for a long time that social media was a great way to communicate with parents. It's on their phones. They're checking it at work. It's in front of them all the time. And that hasn't proved to be wrong for us in this season. But what we have also learned is that there is certainly such a thing as too much social media. And when we started our transition into services online only, we um, had a meeting as an executive team on a Thursday and determined in that meeting at about 4 p.m. that we would no longer be holding in-person services that following Sunday. So we had a very quick turnaround in making the transition from all in-person to all online. And we kind of started out a little heavy-handed. We blasted families with information and resources and curriculum and videos and Zoom calls. And those are all really good things in moderation. We learned as we started listening to families and talking to them that they did, in fact, want those resources but they were already really overwhelmed. And seeing posts from the church daily of things that they were encouraged to do with their kids, rather than encouraged, they felt like they were weighed down by all of these things they weren't getting done. And so we learned what our families wanted by asking parents how they were using these things. And Worked really hard to streamline the material we sent out to make sure we weren't bombarding people with daily posts that felt overwhelming and also making sure that as we provided them with activities or content, that these were things that wouldn't take a lot of time, that the supplies wouldn't be expensive or hard to find, and that some of them were even things they could set up for kids to do on their own. And when we made that shift to simplifying our online content, we started to notice a greater engagement from parents and kids. We would start seeing pictures being posted on Instagram or Facebook, and we were getting tagged in those. And it felt across the board like a win for us that this was a true partnership with the parents of kids in our ministry. And it also felt like those parents saw themselves winning. And that's exactly what we wanted to do with them. So One of the lessons we're taking forward with us, even beyond this season, is to really refine our online content and make sure that we are not merely posting information just to have more stuff out there, but that we're refining what we put out there to make sure it is the very best and the most attainable for families. Moving forward with Kidman in this season, is challenging because I know that every state and county and city have different rules and regulations to follow. 
And that makes it a little tricky. There's not a cookie cutter way of getting our services going again in person for kids. However, I would keep in mind a plan A, B, C, and D. I don't know about where you are, but where we are in Omaha, it sometimes feels like what is truth this minute is no longer truth the next minute. Rules and regulations are constantly changing. And here's the honest truth of it. Ministry has always been that way. We serve kids and they're unpredictable. So we should always have multiple plans in place to help us move forward. Think about what your greatest successes have been in this season of time and continue with those into the next season of ministry. And think about what has failed as well. Has it actually been failing for several years and you just maybe didn't notice its lack of effectiveness? Is there a way that you could polish that and make it better? Or maybe it's just time to say farewell to that much beloved idea and let it go in place of something else that might be even better. In line with that, as you are considering reopening in-person services, whether it's for everyone or for kids or just for adults, I would encourage you to consider a couple of things. First of all, this should not be a reopening. My hope is that your church has never closed, but rather you've transitioned to something different that has continued to work and has continued to point the people in your church back to Jesus. You also can't take a step back either. So as we talk about language and people coming back, we've worked really hard to use the language of relaunching at Stonebridge. We're not reopening anything. We're simply relaunching our paused in-person services. And this tells people that we've never gone anywhere. Even if they took a step back in this season, we've been right here the whole time waiting for them and we're waiting for them now as they come back. So watch your language as you communicate these kinds of things. Secondly, if you've made those shifts in order to meet the needs of the families that you serve in this season, don't take a step back. It's very possible and quite likely that you have been better serving some families through your online experiences or your weekly emails or even packets you're allowing people to come pick up or send out in the mail than those exact families may ever have been served coming in through your doors on a weekend. It works differently for each family. Find a way to continue providing those services to families even after you relaunch your in-person services. You've essentially opened up an online campus and you need to continue treating it that way and finding a creative way to serve families who may not join you regularly in person. As you're looking forward to relaunching your services in person, there are other things to consider too. I know numbers might be limited for age groups. You might have rules about social distancing that need to take place or safety and cleanliness rules that need updated for your ministry. But keep in mind what's best for the families that you serve, what's going to serve them well, rather than thinking through how stressful it might be on your staff team or how much it might cost or any other factor. It might be easiest to reopen with just one age group, but does that serve the family best? 
it might be easiest just to continue with your online programming, but does that serve the family best? And I can't answer those questions for your community or your church, but I hope that those are things that you'll continue thinking through. How can you carry on with what you've been able to offer off-site and how can you relaunch with strength as people start returning to your campus? I think there are a lot of lessons learned in this season of COVID-19, all of which are valuable. Some may have been good and easy lessons and some may have been hard and bad lessons, but don't pack those away. Use them to continue fueling your decisions as you meet with your teams, your volunteers, and your families to move your church and your kids' ministry forward in a way that best helps kids bump elbows with Jesus each week. Thanks, Anna. I, I love that whole idea of what serves them best and how can we serve our family the best. I think that's just such a great word for us in this season. Finally, coming up next, we've got Susie Suarez from uh, Liquid Church in New Jersey. This is a fantastic church. Susie is um, a leader of leaders. She is the kind of person we all need to listen and lean in. Now, I have deliberately put her last because frankly, I think she wraps up this episode so well. Uh, so listen carefully all the way till the end to hear what she has to say. I'm not even going to say anything at the end because I think she caps it up so well. Uh, so again, thanks for listening today, friends, and tune in. I'm going to get let Susie have the last word on today's episode. Hey, Rich. So at Liquid Church, we've been working hard to keep kids ministry thriving in this season. At the start of quarantine, we moved everything online and we began providing a parent prompt email each day. And we still provided our weekend programming, but we broke up the small group portion for every phase of kids to provide one activity for parents to do at home. And it caught. For the first time, we've been invited into homes every day and we want to keep earning that right. Next, we started hosting lunchrooms on Zoom for kids to hang out midweek for an hour at lunchtime, and these were activities that were facilitated by our team. And then we realized, well, we also need to host a lunchroom for our parents because some of our parents really need a quick pick-me-up where they could just share about their day and pray together, and that was a wonderful experience too. And so then we got thinking about testing out small groups online for all phases, and we actually discovered that it's pretty successful, even with toddlers. And so in July and August, we're actually gearing up to host small groups online for toddlers through middle schoolers. We're doing it on Thursday instead of on Sunday. And so on Thursday, we'll offer these groups in the morning and at evening times. Because we have a feeling that with everything that's happening during the week, everything that parents are trying to juggle and um, Zoom meetings and other things that they have and going back to work and there isn't camp and all the craziness that families are just going to head out to the beach or wherever they can catch some respite. And so we don't want to miss an opportunity to still engage our kids in community and discipleship. And so our programming will, will still be available on the weekends, but groups will be during the week. And so this is a first for us. We've never done that before. 
We're also trying to keep a gauge on how our families are doing. So for us, it means trying to keep things fresh and relevant. So this month, we started a parent devotional sent via text each morning. And then we realized, well, now school's ended and parents need a little more than that. And so uh, these devotionals are written by staff who are parents, but then we added a boredom buster activity along with the devotional in the text. And so we've learned a few things about serving families during this time that we're definitely going to be applying to the future. Because in the past, we focused so much of our efforts on getting families to come through our doors that our building almost became a crutch because we stopped thinking of how to reach the families who might never walk through our doors. Right now, families can share helpful content that doesn't shove Jesus down their throat, but offers some inspiration as a parent and even some helpful tools to keep your kids busy and growing. We're also working on plans to maintain our digital presence so families can continue to invite other families to online groups because we know that the building really is a barrier for some families, but some free online content, well, that seems okay. And so we're looking at what we will have to shift so that we can do the in-person experience as well as the online experience to ultimately bring families into community and taking their next step toward Jesus. And so right now, I think every church leader needs to ask themselves, what is the story our kids are going to grow up telling about when they regathered in a physical location? It breaks my heart to think that this time that we're living in quite possibly might be the most traumatic and formative experience in our kids' lives. And the story they might grow up is that they're telling is that their church didn't make a place for them when they regathered. Not only do we need to provide tools for parents right now to help them help their kids process through this time, we want them to process this through the lens of faith, but our actions of regathering without them could actually contradict and undo everything we've worked so hard to teach them about the church. And so at Liquid, we also serve a large special needs population. And so we're also asking, what kind of message does this send to our special needs families? I mean, They already feel the isolation more than typical parents, but this would clearly communicate to them that there's not a seat for them at the table if we opened without our kids. And so I'd challenge every senior leader to think about what this could do to an entire generation because we need to work harder more than ever to create space both physically and virtually for our kids. 